Good morning and welcome to another edition of Sweetness and Light. I'm one of your hosts, Justin, along with... Another one of your hosts, Eric. How are you doing this morning, Justy? I guess as, as you like to say, uh, guess who's back? Justy's back. Um, absolutely, Eric. And I am doing fantastic. For those that don't know... Uh, we've taken a hiatus for about two weeks because of Thanksgiving and everything else, and we are about to get into it and so excited. And uh, it feels great to be talking to you again, my friend. Yeah, so happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy American Thanksgiving, as people say. Uh, absolutely. Same to you. And before we dive into that, though, we were talking briefly before this, and I want to hear about coffee milk. I got to hear more about this, please. Well, okay, you just, you just shattered the illusion that everything's spontaneous. Uh, so occasionally, occasionally there's discussion pre-show that uh, that leads in the show. But 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 you uh, listeners pretend that suddenly one of us just brought this up spontaneously. <laughs> uh, so yeah, co- uh, coffee milk, as our astute and and uh, learned listeners probably know, but Justy doesn't, is the official drink of uh, Rhode Island. And 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 what you know and what makes it interesting, I mean that is interesting in and of itself, but. Um, uh, frozen lemonade was in contention for that title. Both very popular drinks in Rhode Island, again, as most of our listenership probably knows. And the the, the powerful lobbies behind each of those drinks uh, tried hard to make make them, each, you know, respectively the, uh, the uh, uh, official drink of Rhode Island. But uh, in the end, coffee milk won. Now. I have to ask because I've never had it. And the reason like we were talking about this is I, I my wife is on a juice cleanse today and I would just happen to bring it up right before we were talking today. I said, it, Kelly announced I, she's got this thing called MYLK and it comes from a place called Juice uh, or Main Squeeze. I and thought you were going to spell that out too. <laughs> oh, she's on a thing called MYLK and she came from J-U-I-C-E and, uh, and she's currently uh, doing a C-L-E-N-E-A-N-S-I-N-G. Uh, absolutely. I should have spelled it all the way out, but I just thought, you know, cause milk was spelled so differently. I thought that's give the illusion of what's going on here. And, uh, and they had three different types. And one of those was coffee milk. And she goes out, out of the blue, she goes, Oh, like Rhode Island. And I'm like, what the hell? And Eric happened to hear through the microphone what it was like. And they were both acting like I should know what this is. That's why I had to, uh, start the whole thing this way because I am. So what is coffee milk? What's in it? So it is milk, M-I-L-K, <laughs> with a okay. uh, with a coffee syrup in it, and, you know, with like a concentrate concentrated coffee, and so it's literally coffee milk, coffee flavored me. You know how coffee, you know. So I long before I started drinking bulletproof coffee or coffee of any kind, except maybe you know the occasional espresso. Um, I I certainly loved coffee ice cream. And so it, t- it tastes a lot like that. Oh, I got to tell you, it tastes that good. I love oh, yeah, ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's sweetened. It's not like, not like, um, it's not like a cafe au lait. I mean, I guess it is. <laughs> or an Americano kind of thing. No, but cafe au lait is coffee with milk, right? Yeah. And the same thing. Is so is America. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah. more, it's, but I mean, it's like a milk, milky coffee as opposed to just coffee with milk. Gotcha. But, but that's not what coffee milk is coffee milk is you know it, it's like ta- it, it's like making milk you know it's like making chocolate milk except using chocolate coffee instead oh god it sounds amazing should we should we take a little break here so you can go make yourself one um i think we need to take longer than just a break i think it's time that we have a rendezvous in rhode island and get Ooh. an actual coffee milk that's an idea I, I i would say while you're there and while we're there we could um 
get get some frozen lemonade as well because also not a bad thing. Now I have to ask you because like Hawaii, there's the you know shave ice. Is their version of lemonade, frozen lemonade, kind of endemic to them, like unique to them, or is it literally just like typical, you know, frozen lemonade, kind of chopped up? When you say chopped up, you mean like being sort of like a a slushy? Yeah, like a slushy kind of thing. Is that what it is, or? I mean, it's 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 pretty fa- it, it it's it, it's faint. Like there there's for example, there's a Dell's lemonade. I mean, there there's a a uh, official. You know, there's a big company that's that's known for it, as well as just the, the overall uh, notion of, of of the lemonade. You know, why don't we? Why don't you know? As, as we used to do in the early days of sweetness and light, why don't we just pop by the website, the Dell story? Great fra- <laughs> great grandfather Delucia made the earliest Dell's frozen lemonade in 1840 in Naples, Italy. Whoa! In, in old Napoli, as you like to say. During the winter, he carried snow into nearby. He carried snow into nearby caves. <laughs> And insulated with straw. When summer arrived and the local lemons were ripe and flavorful, he mixed their juice and with just the right amount of sugar and snow, thus making a refreshing drink, which he sold at the local market. Fruit ices are popular in Europe, yet none is more loved than the product made from fresh lemon juice. Lemon ice has produced the most delicious and thirst-quenching treat. Now, granted, this is coming from their website. They're still a bit biased. Grandfather Franco DeLucia brought his father's frozen lemonade recipe to America at the turn of the century. I assume they mean the last century. Angela DeLucia, his son, uh, began work on a machine to produce frozen lemonade and on a method making it consistently excellent product. Hmm. In, eight, in 1948, Dell's frozen lemonade acquired its name and became the sole product sold at a little stand in Cranston, Rhode Island. And my good friend Patty, in fact, uh, a very good friend, uh, now, real quick, is Patty on the website, or is this your friend? That's my friend. Yeah, okay. she um, she lived uh, downstairs for us from a, when we when I lived in Philly, and and uh, you know my uh, my my roommate now the famous uh, spine novelist as well as former Green Beret, and she were dating during our summers in the in the two year master's program. Uh, he broke up with Patty uh, uh, remotely. Before that was even a thing, really. Yeah, right? yeah. Sent her, a, sent her a message, like text or email. No, 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 no. He's like he'd say, you know, he sent it to her. Huh. No, no. But what do you mean? How, how was it to like, you know, was it you know like email, text? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, just sort of like a mail message. Um. <laughs> oh, a mail message? He shut up. No. Um, like a card? Did he send a card at least, or was it like a, just a blank note that said, uh, "I'm sorry." We're no longer together. Peace. Well, it was sort of like that. I mean, effectively, that's what he did. Yeah. And so when it, when it, when they got, you know, it, 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 she wasn't so happy about that. So so <laughs> they're they're still friendly, you know, years later. But um, but it didn't go over well at the time. Well, how long were they together? You know, the, the whole for, the whole first year. They were together for a year. Man, this is this guy's got balls. Well. What was what was what happened was he met a woman in Russia while he was doing his, you know, his summer internship between first and second year, um, fell for her and uh, got engaged over the summer. What? Like, did he break up with her after he was engaged or before? Uh, before. OK, so you're a gentleman about it. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I use that term loosely. I agree. It is an ish moment. But like. I mean, did he write it from 
like Moscow that came with like Russian postage. Yeah, no, he wrote from Moscow. Yeah. Oh my God! I hope she kept that. That is a that is a keepsake for sure. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, can you imagine getting it from, you know, stamped with Russia, like from Russia with love, literally, right? Or without. Ooh, from Russia without love. That's even a better title. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that that you know that was that was distressing for everyone involved. And then they actually got married that um, that Christmas. Uh, you know, you know, we were all in school at. at at Penn in Philadelphia, but um, he got married at home in Ohio. So I drove from Toronto at Christmas down to Ohio in a blizzard. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, you know, there was a lot of cars off the, you know, that had gone off the road and um, they got married. And then she lived with us the whole, the whole last semester of our, of our uh, MBA master's international studies programs. Like, because just out of curiosity, so she lived with you because like he broke up with her and she didn't have a place to go. No, not Patty. This... No, no, his wife, Tim's new wife. Oh my god! So they were literally neighbors for a while. Yeah. Oh, that is horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, no, <laughs> nobody thought it. Yeah, nobody thought it was the the best way to do things, you know. And um, it was it was kind kind of a crazy story overall, and. Uh, in the end of it, um, they, they went back to Moscow, which surprised everyone because, you know, everyone was trying to get most people were trying to leave Russia. A lot of, you know, of course, they still are. T- Tim and, uh, and and the other people in the Russian program were all saying, yeah, you know, you want to you want to meet some of these Russian women, you know, hook up with these Russian women. But you don't want them. They, you know, they all want to marry you. So don't don't fall for that. And the next thing he does, like, because everybody is lived and worked in their the country of study beforehand. You had to be, you know, a level two actful speaker of that language for, for him and the Russian people, French for Patty, Chinese actually, and for me, French. Wow. And um, so Tim, you know, Tim and the other guys in the Russian program, the other straight guys in the Russian program are all talking about their various exploits and, uh, you know, how are they, like one guy, Paul, had, <laughs> um, you know, he said he used to pretend to be a tourist in Russia and he'd be standing around literally holding like, a, you know, a map, not even using like a mapping application, holding a map. And uh, so that people would come up to him and ask if <laughs> he needed any directions. Girls? Yeah. And if it was a guy, he'd just say, oh, no, no, I'm just looking around. I know where I am. And if it was a girl, he'd, he'd start asking directions and stuff and uh, and use that. And he met he ended up at one point he had like a Moscow girlfriend and, you know, during the week and he had a. Uh, a girlfriend who lived in in somewhere in uh, like I think in Vladivostok, like right at the other end of Russia, like five, you know, literally four time four or five time zones away. He would fly her in for the rest for the weekend, and he was talking about how, um, yeah, and then it, like you know, I had to fly her across several time zones and then take her to dinner. But the good news was, you know, cheap <laughs> flights are super cheap in Russia, and um, this is insane. You know, she 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 still thought it was a thrill going to the McDonald's in uh, in Moscow because they didn't have that out her way. That is insane. So just out of curiosity, are they still married? Oh, no, not at all. So, I mean. Um, oh, my gosh. So they went back to Russia. I mean, it was kind of a, a insane situation that they lived in a, you know, everyone was shocked. that. So she was not someone who was trying to just get to the U.S. You know, she wanted she was the one who wanted to go back to Russia. And, um, you know, typically in a Russian family, particularly after decades of communist rule in the Soviet Union. You know, people were used to, uh, you know, getting married and then living 
with their parents, you know, and and their siblings all all under the same roof. Sometimes in a, in a, in a in a in a flat with less less rooms than there were people, and you'd come back, you know, you'd come back married, and you'd uh, you'd conjugate, you, you know, you'd consummate your ma- your your marriage um, in the same room that your parents were sleeping. <laughs> but they didn't do that. On the other hand, because you know he came out with his Wharton MBA, and he was, uh, you know, joined uh, joined a, a pharmaceutical company as. As the you know the uh, Russian leader, uh, he previously worked in pharma, and so he was put up in like a you know they gave him like a a, a seventy two thousand dollar a year kind of flat in Moscow, you know, building for for Westerners, and um, because of the, you know they 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 were in high demand, uh, they had to pay uh, three years in advance for this place, so I mean what? that's that's a pretty big outlay for an apartment you know a rental apartment. And then um, his first night there, he said he gets a knock on the door, and the, the, this uh, little guy, surrounded by two big, you know, goon-looking guys, say, say to him, uh, "Hey, yeah, um, you need to pay five thousand dollars a month in uh, protection." He oh, said, "He's getting shaken down." This yeah, is yeah, but yeah, or, or security—they called it, I guess, though. And but but security security equaled Chicago-style protection. Okay, true mob style. Okay. Yeah, and but being you know a, a former Green Beret, he wasn't having he was having none of that, and he said, um, you know, I'll I'll pay you something, but I'm not going to pay you that much. That's crazy. And they're like, well, that's you know that's crazy. Everybody has to pay. That's the thing. And this whole building is all Westerners and you know mainly business executives and stuff like people from you know mobile phone companies and things like that. And uh, so the next night they take him down to the basement. And it turns out, you know, this the, these guys are ex KGB and stuff, and um, they're like, uh, "Okay, look, here's our deal. We don't want to have different people paying different things because that would set a bad precedent. So you pay nothing. You just don't tell anybody." What? What? Why? That was their deal. They uh, they figured this guy was a serious operator. They didn't necessarily want to mess with him, messing with them. So they they let him. Uh, they let him. They let him off entirely. This is how have I never heard this story before? I don't this know. I don't awesome. know because then the then the rest of it is okay. So they end up living in Moscow. They have they have a kid. It's like you know it's this big romance where they uh, he actually goes back to her own homeland, even though that's the reverse of what most people do. And um, in this case, and uh, then they uh, they had this little issue where. She she takes the the son and leaves, and so he chases her around Europe and finds her and brings her back. But she's still she's still not uh, happy. And then they uh, they they leave again, and um, this time he finds her with her ex boyfriend, like the guy she was dating when when they first met. And um, to which my friend uh, Juliet, you remember Juliet, asked when I when when I. When she first heard this story, um, does he think the baby's actually his? <laughs> that was her first response. That is pretty priceless. Now, did we ever find out? Is it his? Yeah. So, well, I Juliet astutely asked. Um, yeah, when she when she hears this story for the first time, is is he sure that's really his kid? Um, which I had never thought of, and uh, it's it's a good question since she's now shocked up with the kid. With her ex boy ex in quotes boyfriend. Well, I mean, I will tell you that although Juliet came up so with a question, I was wondering that the whole time myself. 
Wow. Well, you guys think sort of the same way, and you, both your names start with uh, Ju. So maybe there's there, there's a a J collective. Um, I'm not going to put it past that. I think that's absolutely correct, but that's more of a Ju quiet thing that we don't really tell people about, but I'm going to disclose it on this podcast today wow. that that is the wow. legitimate So you choice. heard it, folks. There's lots of people with names that start with J and, and J-U, and uh, as you feared and suspected, they are all working together. It is a consortium of individuals throughout the world, um, and it's not based on any nationality, creed, or anything else. It's just, if you're that awesome to have a J-U in your name, we just, we accept you and bring you in. So that, so the, so the, in, in fact, there is a Jew conspiracy. It's just not the way people thought. <laughs> well, it's it's with the umplot above it, so it really is Jew. Yes. Interesting. And happy Hanukkah to everybody who celebrates. And 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 even if you don't celebrate, because why shouldn't you be happy too? But just out of curiosity, has Hanukkah started yet? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it came early this year. We're 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 well into burning the you know the the candles, burning the oil, as they say. So how far in are we? <laughs> I thought it we're didn't on, start till Saturday. No, no, we're like on day three. I mean, Saturday, I think, is, is the end of Hanukkah. Wow. Okay. So because we were invited over a friend's house on Sunday to do game night, and they mentioned something about they're Jewish, and they mentioned something about Hanukkah, and their kids rolled their eyes and go, oh, when is Christmas going to be here? <laughs> well, two things. One, they might it might be that you might be celebrating the end of Hanukkah with them. Or two, and two, maybe they waited till the end because, you know, it ends at Sunday. No, no, it was this Sunday. Because... Oh, this past Sunday. Yeah, we went over to play game night, and they brought it up then, yes. Oh, so you were in the midst of Hanukkah. Did you light the menorah? Oh, uh, no, because their kids didn't want to do anything with it, and so they changed the subject, and we just played games all night. Wow, wow. Because, I mean, you know, Hanukkah's not a huge ca- uh, holiday on the Jewish calendar. You know, it's just to sort of counterbalance Christmas. But um, but it is a great story, you know, the eight days of oil. The, and the, the Maccabees. Maccabees and everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so... And uh, and there's a few things better than latkes. I mean, I I don't I don't even remember this story, but I was at the Friars Club once, uh, speaking with this older Jewish couple, um, very nice, and we had a great chat. And they they come around, you know, uh, waiters with little hors d'oeuvres, and they bring around a little plate of uh, of mini sort of appetizer latkes. And you know, the very nice Jewish gentleman who's who's been speaking about other things stops his story to say, uh, "Our people call these latkes." And I look at him and I'm like, so do my people. <laughs> the world calls them that. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a peculiar moment. But, you know, and, 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 you know, I'm certainly Jewish adjacent. So I, I, was, I was a little taken aback by that. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, um, so, so he, she, she and the child are shacked up with the boyfriend. And they end up uh, being, this is it. So they, find, they, they end up splitting up. And so it was a kind of a. A crazy story, and so 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 decides that uh, you know he's he's saddened by it, but um, is going to let them have their way, and and uh, and and that and that's where it stands. And so you know the one the one thing he's learned from all of this is that he should never, uh, you know, obviously um, he shouldn't have. Uh, maybe maybe they're right from the very beginning that uh, marrying a Russian woman in these circumstances, certainly after knowing her for a few weeks. Wasn't the wisest idea, and so. Well, but is it his later, kid? Who knows? Oh, they never did a paternity test. Not that I know of. Which, and you know, I mean, and the funny thing was, he's a pharma executive, so he certainly like 
uh, not only was he aware of that, I mean, he was aware of that from a er much earlier time than, than most people were. But um, yeah, so with the having been burnt and knowing that experience, he um, he went on and married another Russian woman. From Russia. <laughs> now, are they, are they still married? I can tell you that after uh, 10 years of marital bliss, marital bliss, they just uh, they just broke up. <laughs> now, was she a Russian like by descent or a true Russian? Like, No, no. A Russian from Russia, I think I just said. Wow. Where did so, he meet these women? In so, Russia? So, did he meet her in Russia or was she yeah, here on yeah, vacation? Because he, no, no. In Looking Russia. Looking at a map. I mean, he, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a, you know, he speaks Russian fluently. He graduated in the Russian program, you know, so and, and he but in this case, he, I think he met this Russian woman from Russia in the U.S. See, that's what I thought. OK. Yeah. But the first one in Russia. But um, yeah. So so kind of a crazy story. And uh, and 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 that's where he is. And he's he's writing spy novels, which are successful and awesome. And, uh, uh, you know, just a, a, a crazy ongoing ongoing story from all of that. And um you know, so so as you like to say, Patty kind of uh, dodged a uh, a very large bullet, or maybe you know, uh, maybe even some tear gas. Now, does she get a chuckle out of these stories by any chance? Still, she, th she I mean, she says, "Well, you know, Tim's his own person." <laughs> and, she and is way right, too nice for Tim, and she and she's right about that. And so, um, wh where that leaves us is that so. Uh, Angela DeLucia was in Cranston, Rhode Island, where Patty's from, and he started designing his first mobile units in order to serve anywhere in the state. When Angelo's son, Bruce, entered the family business, there were five franchises in Rhode Island. Since then, Bruce has made the franchise business flourish and grow. Now there are many Dell's franchises worldwide, providing the refreshing all-natural treats to everyone, any t anywhere, anytime. Bruce's daughter, Stephanie, is now in the family business. She is president of Dell's Lemonade sister company, Francesca Enterprises International. Uh, Stephanie also works directly with web sales, promotions, and marketing. And as a result of all of this, um, Frozen Lemonade, you know, made a, made a concerted effort to try to become the state drink of uh, of Rhode Island, but lost out to uh, to coffee milk. Wow. Uh, again, I, I still think that it's hilarious that they lobbied to. I've never heard of anyone lobbying to be a, a state drink, but that's great. Good for them. And I got to tell you, I think it's pretty exciting that they're uh, all over the world in franchise. I gotta, I've, I've never heard of Dell's. I've been all over. I'm going to have to be looking for them. You, Yeah, absolutely. Um, you I've should try to Rhode find Island them. Many times. Really? Yeah, many times. Providence in particular. I've been to Newport once in Providence many times. You know, my um, – well, my acting – you know, my my – Famous acting coach Howard Fine, who just celebrated her birthday, is from Rhode Island, and his uh, his good friend um, and my voice coach um, David Corey is also from Rhode Island. So uh, you know, so we we have a big Rhode Island connection to uh, to all of my um, current acting endeavors. Well, I got to tell you, I think if I remember right, last time I was there, they were going to change their slogan to uh, the Canada of the United States. Well, I mean, that would be a big thing for anyone to take on and maybe a bit too much. Um, but, you know, as, as you say, uh, Rhode Island, I think you use the word punches above their weight. I don't like to speak in cliches, but I think that's how you put it. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly how I put it. I think that yeah. I, I think you nailed it, Eric. I think that's exactly how I said it. Well, I'm just going to just just quickly say, you know, this is from WGBH, the famous Boston um, 
PBS outlet, which produces so much of PBS's great programming. What is coffee milk and why is Rhode Island obsessed with it? So just just very quickly, coffee milk, usually pronounced as if it's one word, coffee milk, is literally milk flavored with coffee syrup. Yep, just like chocolate milk is made with chocolate syrup, as we were talking about yesterday. Uh, there is a delicious substance called coffee syrup, and folks in Rhode Island can't understand why the rest of us aren't obsessed with it, too. In fact, it's a very popular purchase at Rhode Island's Green Airport, as former natives take bottles home with them when, whenever they visit. As of July 1993, coffee milk is the official beverage of Rhode Island. Its origins are murky, but many suspect it has southern Italian roots. Interesting, considering where, where frozen lemonade comes from as well, right? So uh, That whole region, though, is heavy Italian, though, I think. After ta- well, are you implying that it's mobbed up? I am not implying anything illegitimate. I'm just saying that uh, every time I go there, there's a, a lot of Italians there. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Providence is known for its mobby kind of connections. Well, it's I mean, they're should... all from Napoli, you said, so there's definitely some truth there. If you added a little Sicily, I think that we would have to Well, here, I can tell you that specifically that, because the next sentences are, after tasting coffee milk, I can understand this theory. The closest thing to it I've ever tasted was a magical iced coffee slushy concoction served in a small mountaintop town of Altamonte, Italy, in the southern region of, of uh, Calabria, hmm. where I studied abroad during college. It's definitely not made the same way. My beloved Italian ridiculous sweetened frozen coffee shaken with cream, but it tastes pretty similar. Coffee syrup is essentially sweetened concentrated coffee and pours much like chocolate syrup. Oh, you can See, they're even talking about how things pour. As a consumer product, it dates back to the 1930s and has remained pretty much unchanged since the most recognizable brand of coffee syrup is Autocrat, which was also cited by every Rhode Islander I spoke with as their household favorite. Hmm. Now, we're not, auto, you know, we, 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 we're not uh, um, sponsored by or, or promoting Autocrat. This is just what it says in the article. Yeah, we're just reading. To say the Autocrat is currently the leading brand isn't exactly fair since it bought out its closest competitors. <laughs> <laughs> so it absorbed everyone. It was, yeah. Eclipse and coffee time in the early 1990s. All three brands are still technically produced by the company in Rhode Island and are said to have different secret recipes. Aside from the few smaller and much newer artisan brands, Autocrat is the only one you can readily find. It says fine, but I think they mean fine. I think the fine might be a tribute to my acting coach, Howard Fine, outside of Rhode Island. By the way, in the article, there's a secret allusion to. <laughs> well, it's it's a Rhode, you know, it's talking about Rhode Island, yeah. Uh, only you. Are How, right. Howard Fine's brother, Alan Fine, by the way, was one of the four guys, you know, including Kevin Feige, who uh, who bought um, Marvel out of bankruptcy in around 2000, and then turned around and sold it to uh, Disney. Uh, to Disney for four billion dollars a few years later. So they 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 all did very well on that. Yeah, that was and, a good and, investment. And got to keep all of their positions within the, the company, and even under Disney, you know. And then uh, Kevin, as people know, is the leader of and uh, and mastermind behind the, the massive Marvel explosion. But Alan was a key player, and, and he, he, along with the others, that you know, they uh, until he left uh, not that long ago, were all each of them were executive producers of every Marvel product that came out of that. I mean, so that's a that's a pretty sweet deal. So that's another famous find from Rhode Island. Now, for those that don't and can't see Eric here, he's wearing a very unique shirt, and it was. I'm assuming there's a story behind this. So why don't you, uh, why don't you tell the audience about this? Yeah. Okay. So obviously, as as people know, I'm a, a, a 
proud and happy Torontonian, even though I've lived in L.A. for several years by this point. Uh, I'm wearing a red and white, and Justin couldn't see what it said. He just noticed it was particularly bright, even by my standards, red and white uh, T-shirt um, that when I when I lowered the camera says L.A. Kings. Now, one thing I noticed when I put on this uh, this shirt for the first time was the L.A. Kings script looks a little bit like the uh, the KFC script. It looks and totally like big, it, especially in that shirt with the big K on this, the colors that that this has the, the the red and white. It looks like I'm, you know, as someone said, if I was wearing a jacket over, and you can just say that see the K in the beginning of the eye. It looked like I'm wearing a KFC shirt. It totally does. L.A. Yes, KFC. Well, no, but if it was like you know, if I'm wearing a an, a, an open jacket and all I can see is the K and the, the the half the eye, you'd think, oh, that guy's wearing a KFC shirt. Um. Yeah, so we, what happened was uh, we loyal Canadians. We know we love our our teams. I go to there's times when the Toronto Blue Jays will be in town and go Jays who and they'll be uh, uh, playing the uh, uh, the Angels down in Anaheim. I I pause just because it's hard to keep track of what their name is. Sometimes they <laughs> they used to be the California Angels, then they were the the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles, then they were the Anaheim Angels, and now they're the uh, L.A. Angels. But uh, yeah, I'd go down and see them, uh, and and it's you know off, usually it's the three game stand, a three or four game, and I and I'll go to every game. Like I'll take the drive down from Marina Del Rey to, to Anaheim every day. Uh, yeah, three days. In wow. Morning, if Oof. so, yeah. So for, we're for real, but but because hockey is hockey, uh, Canadians abroad. Every year has a it works with the uh, the Kings and does a, um, a Canadian Heritage Day when the Leafs come to play the uh, the Kings. I mean, there's already tons of Leafs fans in in the stands anyway uh, because there's so many Canadians in L in L A that it's uh, you know it sounds more like a it drives the L A fans crazy because you hear way more "Go Leafs, go!" and every time the the announcer tries to get them to go "Go Kings, go." The the Leafs fans overpower them with they're 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 playing the organ, but you hear go Leafs go, and so it's it's a it's a it's a it's a great event. But um, because it's Canadian Heritage Night, and by the way, this is the waning days for people who haven't been following along of the Staples Center. So what's been known as the oh, Staples Center since it opened, I can't believe is, is they about changed to, is the about name. To be, oh, and it just well, got bought out. Crypto. I can't believe what they changed the name too. Yeah, I mean it's one thing to change the name. You know, that happens from time to time. I mean, sponsors change and the times change. But Crypto.com is a horrible arena, name. Stu like, just Crypto Arena would have been better. I mean, they want the full name in the, you know, in, in the branding. But that's just dumb. I mean, if they just said Crypto, everyone would know what it is. Or you could just make sure the advertising promoted that. You know, it's Crypto.com or Crypto Arena, you know, sponsored by Crypto.com. Rather than Crypto, any anytime you put .com in the name, it's pretty dumb. Uh, pretty, well, pretty, pretty, pretty. And, and by the way, people are already starting to call it the crypt, which, um, which that's I don't know. It's a pretty cool name. It is, except it makes it seem like your home teams are dead. Well, I mean, unless you claim that you're coming to the crypt to get get embalmed. I mean, LA is not a great team anymore. They used to be. So the Kings. It, well, yeah. I mean, a decade ago they were Stanley Cup winner. But I mean, not just the Kings. And, and, oh, I mean, the, the, well, the Lakers even Clippers, worse. Yeah, Lakers. The, yeah, they're all the, the Clippers. You know, sometimes do pretty. But yeah, the Lakers have been terrible. And by the way, that doesn't necessarily make me unhappy. So, so uh, yeah. So, so Canadian Heritage tonight at in the waning days of the Staples Center, and uh, kind of amazing. Um, 
they we had they had a big reception for us. Uh, they they actually had uh, the um, uh, Luke Robitaille, you know, the famous uh, fa- famous player from the the Kings, but also the uh, the current president uh, spoke. And then um, the Consul General of Canada was there, a uh, famous Canadian uh, female hockey player, and uh, one of the, the one of the first female player to ever play in the male game in a non-goalie position. You know, so pioneer. Uh, she was there, and so we uh, we were all pretty impressed with uh, with everything that was going on. So that that was that that was what the event was that uh, that generated this shirt. Now I have to ask. First of all, that's great. Did they win though? Well, I mean, we all win when yeah when when Canadian hockey player Haley uh, Wickenheiser's there. Uh, she, you know, she's she's amazing. But oh, you mean did, did the Leafs win? Did the Leafs win? Yes. Ah, oh, we clobbered them. Yeah. Okay. Good. Six, six, six to two. All right. Good. That's. Uh... I mean, it was to be honest, it was almost too much because we, um, yeah, it was not a very dramatic game, but Toronto's doing amazing. Yeah, I mean, so Toronto unfortunately dropped uh, five of its first seven games to start the season, and then since then has been the hottest team in hockey. Like now they're. Oh, when you say drop, so. like was it because of COVID? They just didn't perform, or what? Yeah, well, they 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 had, they just weren't that good. As opposed to say the Jays, who who finished one game out of making the playoffs, and they had a horrific time. I think, as you know, like you know, they had to start playing their their home games in yeah. Florida. Which, yeah, we've talked about in the air before. You know that that made it seem like it was an away game because be, the the away the the visiting teams were the ones being cheered by all the American fans down there. And then even when they moved to Buffalo, um, you know, which is closer to Toronto, the um, you know they they felt like a home team and were getting cheers most you know most games. But they're playing their biggest rivals, Boston and New York, which are the two that ended up in the wild card ahead of them. Um, Fans were cheering as if they were the, the home teams, you know. So it wasn't until they got back to Toronto after a hundred games of the season had gone by that they finally had a home. You know, it, it was amazing how well they did, considering. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, congratulations. Yeah. I'm glad you went. And I got to tell you, for those that haven't seen it, it's a pretty, uh, pretty sweet jersey. I got to tell you, it's pretty, it's good looking, dude. Yeah. So. Uh, it does have, you know, it does have KFC colors, but it does say LA Kings on the front and has a Kings logo on one sleeve. And the other sleeve has a, a Canadian maple, maple leaf. leaf. And in the back, it says in big, bold, proud letters, Canada. Awesome, dude. On that note, thank you, my friend. I'm glad we got to finish the story and even take the show in a new direction for a little bit here. And uh, thank you, dude. Thank you. And to all of our fans, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, I have to say what I'm most thankful for, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a time of uh, craziness, difference, and, and um, completely separate from our, our normal lives is, uh, is having this outlet and all of you fans, all of you people who make our lives so much better than they would be otherwise. Could not agree more, my friend. Thank you. Thank you.